You're listening to a mini episode of the Knowledge from the Couch podcast. Thanks for listening. This is a mini episode of Knowledge from the Couch. I'm Kyle, your host. What up, dudes and other non-dudes? This is a sort of random uh, spur-of-the-moment episode. I saw something super-duper cool this morning, and we are going to get to that, actually. At the end of the episode, I will tell everyone all about that. But it was something that inspired me to do this episode. I saw what I saw this morning. It was great news. Um, from some people that I love dearly, and I wanted to support their effort by giving a little bit of a story about a guy who uh, is the founder of the ASPCA, Henry Berg, and you know it's it's not like the the coolest story on earth or anything, but it's it's worth telling. He's a cool guy, and he was definitely a pioneer. And and on on this show, you know, we're not always just into telling stories about crazy people, although those are the the fucking funniest ones and the best ones, but it's not all about just telling stories about people being weirdos or telling stories about people being fucking insane. It's also about shedding a light on people who are worth shedding a light on, and that's what this episode is about. It is about Henry Berg, the ASPCA founder. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about how he came to do that sort of thing, some of the stuff that he ran into during his time, during the founding. Um, we'll talk about his his welfare and charity work. And then we're going to end this episode with the announcement I made the episode entirely about. So sit back, relax, and let's talk a little bit about Henry Berg.
Okay, so Henry Berg. Henry Berg was born in 1813 to Christian Berg, who was a really incredibly successful shipbuilder in the uh, the New York City area. Now, since Christian, the father of Henry, was so successful at shipbuilding, the Berg family was incredibly wealthy. Now, at this period, a lot of guys would take up the, the mantle of their father's business, in this case, shipbuilding. But Henry didn't really want to do any of that, and for a while it sort of drove a stake between him and his father. His father passed away in 1843 and left Henry huge inheritance, and Henry didn't want you know anything to do with the, the shipping business. So he took that inheritance money, and him and his new wife, Catherine, went to Europe and traveled around, kind of like today, if you were just a fucking rich person, you'd just have a bunch of money, and you would travel to a foreign country, and or countries, and you would just spend money and be a tourist and shit. So Henry and Catherine were traveling around Europe for uh, a great deal of time, and this is kind of where the nexus of his his fight for the rights of others, um, others being people and animals, sort of started. Um, he originally saw a, a bullfight in Spain, and he was he wrote about it later. He was absolutely disgusted by the depravity of the entire situation. If you know anything about bullfighting, it really is pretty, pretty goddamn barbaric, honestly. I mean... It's one of those, I don't know, I don't want to be the bleeding heart, but I'm definitely going to be during this episode because I'm very much on the side of of animal rights. I would consider myself an animal rights activist for sure because I it makes me sick to my stomach to watch animals be treated cruelly, not only because cruelty to animals or any living thing is disgusting, but watching you know human beings especially and it's one thing when people are like well animals hurt each other in the wild all the time yeah animals don't have a fucking evolved brain capable of thinking outside of itself and capable of having morals humans do and when you decide to ignore that impulse that makes you shitty in my opinion i don't give a fuck who who hears that it's, if you think beating an animal or kicking an animal or throwing it or doing any of the shit that you hear people do to animals terribly if you think any of that is fine or you just let it roll off your shoulder fuck you you're a piece of shit sorry to say it but you're a piece of shit and henry berg our subject now that i just went on a tangent henry berg our subject was very much the same way he witnesses bullfight in spain he thought it was awful you know the the, the way they would take these bulls and just stab them a whole shitload of times and then all the people would taunt the fuck out of them while they slowly but surely died and then eventually you know kill them so basically instead of saying hey we're gonna eat these cows and you know let's just kill them humanely or whatever we're gonna do let's just like stab them a bunch of times and make sure that their deaths are full of just awful lingering terrible stress and and awful shittiness that sounds like a really great idea and Henry Berg felt the same way. Now, he didn't do much about, you know, any of the, the things he was going to do later in his life due to this particular incident. Instead, later on in, uh, in 1863, so, so Henry Berg is, is obviously a part of a, a family that's it's very wealthy and influential. So much so that since he was spending so much time in Europe, during the time President Abraham Lincoln appointed him uh, ambassador to Russia 
He didn't like Russia very much because, A, he thought it was cold and shitty, which it is. Sorry, Russia. I don't have any downloads from Russia, so I don't give a fuck what I say about it. Um, he was not a huge fan of Russia for the coldness. He was doubly not a fan of Russia because of the incident that he witnessed in St. Petersburg, which is the definite nexus of his fight for the rights of animals. So he's he's around, traveling around St. Petersburg, and he sees... Uh, and at this time, obviously, it's the 1860s, and horse-drawn carriages are, you know, everything. That's basically how people are getting around by horse. You know, that's the best way to to travel around everywhere. And for some fucking reason, everybody, it seemed like, everybody was like, hey, you know, this horse, which is definitely a living, breathing, bleeding thing, is definitely just my property, and I'm going to treat it like a fucking, like, bicycle you know, made of metal, which is a, a, an inanimate thing. And when my horse or my property decides to break down or do whatever, I'm going to be a fucking dickhead and just beat the shit out of it because that's the kind of person I am. Apparently, that was pretty common practice back in these days. And Henry witnesses a guy, uh, uh, just a, a horse cart dude, I guess. I don't know what the, the, the proper term is for a guy. Um, but he was, you know, with his cart and his horses, and one of his horses was having a really tough time of it, very likely because the horse was older and weaker and just very, 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 very overworked. So, you know, because people in this era seem to be just total dipshits, this guy gets super irrationally mad at his horse for not performing, even though there's probably a pretty good reason for it. He gets out of the thing and starts beating the absolute shit out of his horse. Berg runs up to this dude and pleads for him to stop to the point where he grabs him and stops him physically from doing it. Now, it's crazy because I'm fairly certain that Henry Berg is not the first person in the history of fucking humanity who ever had empathy for something or someone other than himself. But it certainly seems that way because it was common practice, like I said, to do this sort of thing, especially to horses. Horses are extremely extremely common work animal in this era, like I said, because that was the way that you, if you weren't walking, you were probably, you know, if you weren't walking or you weren't on a ship on water, chances are pretty good that you had a horse involved in your travel. So horses are a huge, huge deal at this time, a very com- more probably more common than cats and dogs at this point in time. And apparently it was pretty common practice just to come around and beat the fuck out of your horse because you felt like it was a great idea. So, you know, Henry Berg stopped this sort of thing where others wouldn't do that. And very shortly thereafter, resigned his ambassadorship post to Russia. He was just is upset about being in Russia, upset about the, the treatment of animals that he saw. And he decided that he was going to do something about it. So on his way back home, he stops by in England where he talks to uh, a, a guy. Now, in England, they'd already sort of set up a society for this sort of thing called the RSPCA or the Royal Society for the protection against cruelty and animals and things of that nature. And he visits the guy, the Earl of Harrowby, and he talks to him about what he's doing in England because, like I said, it's pretty common practice to do this to horses and to other animals. And he decides to take action and make it happen in the United States. So Henry Berg travels back to the United States to his native New York where he, of course, witnesses people doing the exact same shit to horses as he saw people do in St. Petersburg and Russia. 
in Henry's mind, enough is fucking enough. And he is going to put his foot down. He is going to make a stand against this sort of thing. So he starts going nuts. He's just, he's like a Carrier Nation type, you know. And Carrier Nation, maybe we'll talk about her. She's a fucking lunatic. Carrier Nation, if you are unaware, is the the uh, the crazy-looking lady from the 1920s Prohibition era with the axe going around to bars and, like, cutting open casks and shit, you know, in the name of whatever fucking God and Prohibition stuff that you think of when you're a person who's Carrier Nation. He was sort of the same way when it came to proselytizing about you know, compassionate and non-cruel treatment of animals. He would go around and he would lecture and he would do public service and he would break up stuff that he saw. Like he was just the dude, just he got, he became known as the great meddler. You know, of course they, somebody would call him that at this time. Cause, cause how dare somebody break up uh, an honest court guy or an honest uh, cart guy, you know, beating the crap out of how, how dare he, how dare he interrupt that dude beating the shit out of an animal? How dare he? What a meddler. What a meddler he was. And so he continued to do this sort of thing. And like we were talking about before, he still is is a man of great wealth, which means, like it does today, he was a man of great influence. So, and now think back again. Like It wasn't just horses, that were taking the brunt of damage from people. It was it was all manner of things. Now, I'm reading an article here about a, a biography of him, and if I can just read a super quick quote, this is kind of why he was going into it. Quote, Animals were treated as if they were merely things, objects to be bought and sold. They were seen as unimportant, and their lives were of no consequence. Horses and mules, a major source of transportation, were denied water regularly, often beaten, and when they became old and were considered no longer useful, were just turned out into the streets and left on their own to starve to death. Domestic animals were often not given regular food or shelter and were subject to physical abuse. Dogfights, cockfights, and bear baiting were common forms of entertainment at the time, unquote. So, it's not just horses, it's just people being fuckers with any kind of animal that they can find because like I said, you know, it was just it, it was the it's the weirdest superiority complex that I don't understand myself as a part of humanity. You know, just because we've evolved this this higher thinking smart brain, you know, this 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 brain that is capable of understanding that it is aware, you know, as a self-aware entity, why all of a sudden that makes us better than other creatures that share the planet we're on, you know, to the point where people are like, well, I'm just a smart old human. It's, it's, it's always some dipshit too, some fucking low IQ moron, you know, hey, y'all, y'all, I'm a human being with smart brains and look at this dumbass dog right here. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. I'm going to make it fight another dog or I'm going to just have it go in a cage with a bear and make the bear mad. huh? And it's it's just shit like this. That A, makes me mad, obviously, and B, made Berg mad, and it got to the point where he he gave this rousing speech, it says here, rousing speech in Clinton Hall in New York City, and it was two people who were very influential. He, being, you know, as influential as he was with his money and status, he had the, the ears of really powerful 
New York businessmen and new, and politicians and religious leaders and all kinds of stuff to the point that in 1866, so this is a couple of years after he's gotten back to the United States and he's going around being a crazy person, just, just going nuts. In 1866, there is actual legislation passed to treat animal cruelty as a crime. So at, at any point before this, there is no crime. You could you could you could drag your dog out into the middle of the street and kick it in the fucking head and somebody might get mad at you but nobody could take you to jail for it. Nobody could could press charges for it like they can these days and they should these days. But nobody could do that until 1866 the very first legislation in New York state was passed. And it's amazing. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the most important things that has happened in this nation. Now, it's not the most important thing, but it is one of those top-tier things. Obviously, the abolition of slavery is probably the most important thing that ever happened in the United States. But along that same vein, and you'll you'll see kind of a, a, a theme to this guy and to people who have kind hearts, people who have good hearts, people who want to give voice and representation and be a champion for those who can't be champions for themselves, you know, because somebody has to protect those who can't protect themselves, who don't get to say, hey, you're hurting me or hey, stop any of that kind of stuff. And so it's amazing. And then just 10 days later, 10 days after this legislation was passed in 1866, Henry Berg founds the ASPCA. The ASPCA stands for the American Society for the Protection, or excuse me, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And it's a fantastic charity. You still see it today, and I know you've seen it today, even if you don't know it, because you fucking have heard Sarah McLaughlin singing In the Arms of an Angel with tons of sad animals on TV. That is the ASPCA's, you know, tearjerker sort of, hey, help us. Being give us some money, please, because it's really shitty to see super sad and lonely animals on TV. This is the guy who founded that organization. It's a fantastic organization. They are one of the best charities out there. And here's the fun thing. It is the first, the first, it's the first humane society in the Western Hemisphere. Of, of all the Western Hemisphere, it is the first humane society. Isn't that insane? That this is, it, it took all the way until the late 19th century to find it like, well, man, we should be nice to, 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 to stuff. We should just be nice people now. It takes all the way until almost the 20th century before people are like, eh, we should be nice. We should be nice. And it's amazing. And it leads to another thing that we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes. But Berg was just a, a, a total... I don't want to call him a psycho about it, but he was totally into what he believed in. He was just anti-cruelty, anti-cruelty laws and everything, and he got shit done. He, it was amazing just going from no laws to some laws to the first humane society in the Western Hemisphere. It's it's absolutely amazing. He, and by the 1870s, a little bit later on, he's traveling around the country. He's establishing ASPCA branches all over the place to the point where he became extremely notable and this notoriety led to another amazing organization being founded another amazing thing happening when he met 
a a woman by the name of Etta Agnell Wheeler, who was a Methodist missionary in New York City at the time. This is in 1874 now. Now, there is a little girl named Mary Ellen Wilson who was extremely, horribly, terribly abused by her mother and stepfather who were living uh, on the west side of Manhattan. Now, I'll read here quick. Mary Ellen uh, was cared for by the McCormicks. There's, these are people who are taking care of her. Thomas McCormick, the father, died. Mary McCormick married Francis Connolly, and they moved together with Mary Ellen to an apartment on West 41st Street. So they're over in uh, western Manhattan at this point, and it becomes real shitty for Mary Ellen. She's just a little girl. She's, at this point, probably five or six years old. Her foster mother, I'm going to read here now the terribleness. Her foster mother forced her to do heavy labor, repeatedly beat, burned, and cut the child, and locked her in a closet. When the Connollys moved to a new address, one of the concerned neighbors from the 41st Street apartment, the aforementioned Etta Agnell Wheeler, came to the area to check in on the child. Wheeler, under the pretext of asking Mrs. Connolly's help in caring for Connolly's new neighbor, a really chronically ill woman, gained access to their apartment to see Mary Ellen's state for herself. And at that point, uh, Wheeler sees evidence of severe physical abuse, malnourishment, and neglect in Mary's condition. Uh, you know, one of the things saying Mary's barefoot in December, cold ass December in New York. That's one of those neglectful signs that you see. And Wheeler begins trying to find legal options to, you know, deal with the abuse. She takes the authorities. The authorities are a bunch of pussy bitches and won't do shit about it. And and this is another thing. Not only are animal cruelty laws just fucking terrible and awful in this country, but child laws are awful and terrible in this country. And obviously people didn't think of children the exact same way they thought of animals. They probably, I'm assuming, I mean obviously there's people still these days who do awful, terrible things to kids. But I think for the most part, people, you know, considered them just, you know, little people, little dumb people, you know, that would eventually grow up to be smart people that would probably end up doing the same shit that they got done to them. But anyway, it was still this terrible thing where there was really no representation there was really no recourse for just beating the fuck out of your child and, and most people probably didn't do the things that happened to mary uh wilson but it still was things you know it was things that were happening to, to kids all over the place and wheeler when she couldn't get any backup from the fucking authorities went to none other than our dude henry berg for help because she because he had become so you know notorious for his his ambassadorship of of animal protecting protection and and animal rights that she figured hey maybe he can do something for the kids too and amazingly henry berg a, a guy with real actual empathy a dude who knew what was up decided that he was going to help her and it worked they got mary ellen wilson out of that shitty situation and they they formed new legislation with the new york state uh, uh, legislation to protect children. <laughs> we'll skip the fact, by the way, that there was a fucking organization for the protection of animals before there was an organization for the protection of children. Um, in later in that decade, there was the the formation of the New York Society for the Prevention of, of Cruelty to Children, which is founded. <laughs> we'll skip the fact that that was founded after. The ASPCA was founded, and we will skip to the point where it's actually fantastic 
because not only did Henry Berg's work with the welfare of animals lead to that awesomeness, it also led to help for children. And like I was saying before, that that's the whole thread of this dude. That is the whole thread of this guy. He felt so strongly about giving a voice to those who can't speak for themselves, giving representation to to, to not only animals, but to people, to children who couldn't stand up and defend themselves and speak for themselves and and do any of that. He was a, one of those kind, wonderful people who decided to step in when somebody was going to be violent towards somebody that... You know, he's he's amazing. He's he's a really great story. He didn't do a lot of crazy shit like we always talk about in our show with other people, but in my opinion, he is just as important. He is so fantastic to the history of this sort of thing that these organizations still exist to this day. He is, uh, I mean, it's crazy. He's a person who got legislation, actual legal recourse put on the books, and it had never been done before. There was never legal recourse for beating the shit out of animals. There was never legal recourse for beating the shit out of kids, you know? It was only when they became grown up that if you beat them up, then it was assault and battery or murder and stuff like that. But when the kids, oh, just being a parent, just beating them up. Gotta beat up your kid, beat up your dog. That's what you do when you're a dipshit from the 1800s, whatever. So to me, it's just this fantastic, amazing story about a guy with empathy really really fucking doing something about it. Fantastic. I love it. And let me now, that's the end of the story of Henry Berg. Amazing. ASPCA still exists. You know it. Sarah McLaughlin knows it. Everybody knows it. It's a fantastic organization. When I order stuff off Amazon.com, I use Smile, and I donate little bits of money that I can afford to the ASPCA. I think it's a fantastic organization. But let me transition now into the, the clickbait that I gave you at the top of the show, the clickbait bullshit. It's not bullshit, by the way. It's just, you know, the whole like, oh, I'm going to tell you something, but you better listen to the episode. If you skip to the end, that's fine, because this is more than the episode itself. That's just a, that's just a vehicle. That's just a carrier for what I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about today is a fantastic new thing that's going on with my sisters, Rachel and Amber. They have always had this sort of same ideal as I have, as you hopefully have got across while I'm talking during this episode. Hopefully you understand that I care very deeply about welfare towards animals, and my sisters both do as well. I think we were just raised well in that way to have empathy, to feel empathy towards animals that need our help. And my sisters are actually now trying to raise some funds to start up something awesome in the Omaha area. Um, it's called the Sisters Cat Cafe. They have a GoFundMe. I'm going to put a link to the GoFundMe in the show notes when I post about the episode on Facebook and other places. I'm going to put a link to that there so you can go and check them out. But that's the big thing I wanted to plug. My sisters want to start a a, a sort of hybrid restaurant type thing where you can kind of go in my my sister amber is is an accomplished and excellent uh baker of goods and my sister rachel is is very much invested in helping to rescue animals in particular cats 
at this point because we've always had cats for our entire life. And they are now combining the two things into a, a single vision. And I think it's a really great thing. I think it's fantastic. I saw that literally this morning and I read it and I smiled and I thought it was fantastic and wonderful. And I'm not sure if either of them either want me to talk about it that much right now, but I think I should. I don't even know if I have that much influence when it comes down to it, but I have some audience listening to this show and I have other people who will see this sort of thing. And that's what I feel like I can do. I can I, I can give the message to everyone else. I can spread the word, spread the message of what these guys want to do. And if you find it in your heart to give them a little bit of money to help them in their vision, that will be wonderful. If not, you know, that's cool too. None of us are made completely of money. But if you find it in your heart and you like their idea... And I can vouch personally for the both of them. Maybe I'm a little biased because we are siblings, but I can vouch personally for both of them being fantastic, genuine, wonderful human beings with a true, kind, and empathetic vision for what this is going to be that I think is just a fantastic thing. They, they want this. I know they can do it. And I, as their brother, want to help them out as much as I can. So check out the GoFundMe. It's GoFundMe.com slash sisters-cat-cafe-nebraska. I'm going to post the link everywhere that I post the, the show here. And I hope you guys check it out. That's what this show was about. I want to talk about Henry Berg anyway at some point in the future. But I thought, oh, this is perfect. I see this. I'm going to talk about this. Henry Berg is the vehicle that we're going to talk about and transition into the kindness and wonderful empathy for animals. And I think it's fantastic. So, guys, thank you so much this week for listening. We will have a regular episode, a wackier episode on Friday as usual, as scheduled. But I wanted to pop in with a real quick bonus episode today because, hey, who doesn't like just fucking looking at a, a white wall and talking into a microphone and doing crazy shit? I do. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, Yeah. Awesome. Go check out their GoFundMe. Go check all that shit out. Keep with us at Knowledge from the Couch. Big things in the future. It's going to be awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Till Friday, I'm out. I love you.